Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon on a rainy, stormy afternoon here in South Mississippi. We're glad you're with us. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation will be joining us a little later in the show. Soccer coach Mohammed El Zaire is about to join us. Here momentarily, but first I want to remind you about our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, proud supporters of Southern Miss Soccer and all USM Athletics. You can enjoy the delicious food seven days a week. Uh, they cook it fresh in-house each and every day right here in Hattiesburg. You can enjoy it in the dining room, the drive through or the take-home. However you choose, just be sure you choose Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Well, a big win, uh, Luke Johnson, for soccer uh, this past week. Uh Glad to have uh, soccer coach uh, Mo back on the uh, back on the show with us, but boy, just great, great news for women's soccer, Luke. It really is. If you open up Conference USA and go to the women's standings, the Lady Eagles are in first place in uh, the West Division, and here to talk to us about today, Coach uh, Muhammad Ilzair from Lady Eagle Soccer, and Coach, uh, first and foremost, what a big win for the Lady Eagles Sunday, the defending Conference USA champions, you lost to them two years ago in the tournament championship, and you get them back in Hattiesburg, Lady Eagles knock off the main green two to one, I guess let's start first, just uh, your, your analysis of Sunday's win and how big it is for your squad. Well, it is massive. It was it is massive for our program. It's uh, you know to be able to to do what we did the other day <clears throat> against uh, UNT, who has been the powerhouse and dominating this conference. Uh, massive in terms of not only for our ladies and and, and the community, uh, but also for uh, for out there recruiting uh, players. And in fact, I, I tell you, I. I got two calls from two SEC teams that want to put us on their schedule next year, which is really huge also wow. from a scheduling standpoint. So so that's that's great for us. Looking back at the game, uh, you scored two goals in the uh, the first half, Caitlin Pierce, Alice Campos, and then, Coach, you really played defense, and, and the, the hallmark of this 2020-21 uh, Lady Eagles squad has been you've only allowed five goals. The most goals you've allowed in a game is two, and – how about the play of your keepers in the second half? Gave up one, but North Texas had 17 shots, seven on gold, and uh, your keeper was able to to keep them out and, and to preserve the two-to-one uh, win. Kendall has been uh, superb for us uh, this this season, and, and she's been for, for the past few years she's been here. Uh, but her leadership off the field uh, as a team captain and – Managing the locker room and, and helping our student athletes buy in into our core values and, and holding players accountable uh, and just the, the 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 leadership that she brings in is 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 unbelievable and and kind of irreplaceable. So uh, uh, she's done a great job. Not only that, but uh, on the field, you know, she, earlier in the game, 
she makes two huge saves, and we went on to score two and totally changed the outcome of the game for us. Uh, was was the key to 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 that victory. Besides everybody finding grit, you know, uh, when we needed to find that in the second half and and getting getting us through the finish line. Kendall Mendich, the uh, the senior from Melbourne Beach, Florida, holds uh, all time single season records in uh, wins and shutouts. You did that back in 2018, uh, Coach, when your team got to the conference championship. Um, let, let's step uh, zoom out just a little bit. You know, looking at this schedule, first off, Coach, I know it's just got to be so strange for you for you and your ladies to be playing in the spring. Three out of your four first games got canceled. You only had, I believe, twelve games on the schedule, and that got nixed down to nine. But five and two. Three and one in the conference, and uh, how did how did you prepare your ladies? I guess mentally for hey, we're not going to play in the, the fall. We're going to play in the spring. It's going to be unique. Well, I tell you, going back in, into the start in, the, in August when when our season was moved to the spring, uh, we looked at it. You know, uh, you know, we always asked the question, what good is in that challenge you know what's what's good in that challenge and and we saw that uh that was an opportunity for us to spend more time with each other and really develop the players and really have uh, a periodization plan where we are focused not only on their mental health but also on their physical development and their technical development and it allowed us time to really get the you know the student athletes ready uh, and also minimize injuries. So um, this season playing less games, uh, really the recovery has been a key and, and, and trying to get the most of our student athletes on game day versus playing three games in, in a span of a week. So, uh, so that has been you know, critical in terms of uh, allowing the players to maximize themselves on the field. So uh, that, and, and the big part is also uh, our leaders, our senior leaders, you know, working with them closely in terms of our core values, but also managing the locker room. And that has uh, been, they've done a, a phenomenal job keeping everybody locked in and, uh, and, and, and buying in for sure. Bob? Coach, uh, where does the conference look right now? You, you obviously won a very big game, but as you look out across the uh, conference uh, this season, I'm sure you still have a lot of work you feel like your team needs to do. Where will the biggest challenges come from? Well, we need to be more consistent, you know, so we we know that we can compete with, you know, any team in the league. Uh, The the next phase for us is to be consistent and and show up uh, consistently, uh, you know, to to give our best effort, and and we've done that so far. But, uh, uh, you know, when you start doing a season in, season out, then you start kind of building about you know other things that you can look forward to, but uh, that's something that we're working on, uh, and uh, and it starts with our staffing. Really excited about Carly Molden and JP Valadares uh, being on staff with us. Alex Richards, our strength and conditioning coach. So getting a little bit more consistency in our staffing has been critical uh, in, in 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 terms of you know getting more out of the students. Uh, but also into the in, in, in terms of uh, you know our leaders on the field and, and developing our young captains as well. So uh, I'm sorry, sir. And what has Carly brought to your team? I know she was a 
maybe one of the best soccer players ever in Mississippi. But as a coach, what what has she brought uh, to the squad? She does not just talk the talk. She walks the walk. And I tell you, there's a lot of people that can talk the talk, but can they walk the walk? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and she does that. And, you know, there's a tremendous respect to her, not only as a coach, but also as a player. I mean, she, when she's on the field, I mean, I, I recall the first time, you know, first practice, she came in and she wanted to know what her role was going to be in that practice. I said, I said Carly, today you're not coaching. You're just going to jump in play with them, and don't hold back. And the next thing I see in, in a water break, that I get three players coming in and says, Coach, she can play. <laughs> and, and, and that brings a huge amount of value to, uh, you know, getting the players to buy in into, into what we're doing. Also, when they've seen a coach that, you know, can do exactly the same that they we're asking them, but even exceed that. So, so uh it's, uh, you know, I'm really thrilled to have her, and, and we, we're, uh, she's doing a phenomenal job for us. Right, Luke? Yeah, those Maldens are, are tough, Coach. Uh, she grew up with cattles and the cattle in mud and, and dirt and sweat, and she, she can gritty. take it to people. I, I know that. <laughs> she, she really is. She really is. All right, Coach, uh, looking up, uh, doesn't get any easier. You're at Rice this weekend. They knocked off number 12 Texas A&M in overtime a few weeks back. What do you need to do this weekend to continue this three-game winning streak? Well, we, we first of all need to match them at, at, you know, physically you know, and, and, and really try to solve problems tactically where we can make the game a little bit more of a, a tactical match rather than a physical match, you know, uh, you know, we, we get the most with, uh, from our players in terms of, you know, their soccer reading the game and, and, you know, reading certain problems in the game and solving them. So we really need to not only match them physically, but also making it uh, a tactical game where we're getting their team to, to solve certain problems and getting them to play in certain areas of the field that they don't, they're not comfortable with. Spring showers, about 30 seconds left. Coach, how do you get your team ready for a big conference play when it's raining like this? Well, I tell you, you play soccer in rain, so as long as there's no lightning, we're going to be out there grinding for sure. So uh, no no rest. I like that. That's, Coach, that's we really appreciate your time uh, today. <laughs> yeah, it's a, those ladies are sure tough. Coach, thanks so much for your time, and best of luck this weekend. Uh, first place in Conference USA West right now, uh, Coach Mohamed Elzair of Lady Soccer. Coach, go get them this weekend. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Coach. All right, Heath Hinton next on the Eagle Hour. Stay right where you are. We've got lots to talk about as the hour rolls along. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Always appreciate everything First Bank does for the radio program. Uh, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. What a great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel for your body, for your home, for your car. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net. You can call Miss Kathleen, and she will help you pick out your merchandise and send it right to your house. So we appreciate uh, their support as well. All right, Heath Hinton owns Big Gold Nation. He is the go-to guy when it comes to Southern Miss sports. Now, Heath Hinton, uh, welcome back to the show. The spring football game is technically this Saturday. I understand you may have really seen the spring football game last Saturday, but it's about to wind up either way. What do you think we've learned about this uh, new regime and this new football team, Heath? I think one of the big things to take away, guys, is – it just they're excited. You can tell Coach Hall is excited about this group. Uh, offensively, he likes where he's at. The defense, I think he's really happy with what he's seen from his defense. I asked him today in the presser after uh, practice this morning, I said, uh, you know, what were you happy with? What were you not happy with? He said offensively, he thought they made some plays, left a few on the field, but thought they played pretty well. He's really been happy defensively. Uh, they haven't got much short yardage work in. He says they can put that in the later date. But right now, you know, they're kind of working on things, tuning them up from what they saw in the scrimmage. And, uh, you know, he seems really excited about what's going on. Talked about this weekend, said uh, it's going to be exciting for people. You're going to get to see a little bit of scrimmaging and guys going one-on-one against each other. They're going to really make it exciting this Saturday. He talked about that. So, uh you know, uh, everything seems to be going pretty good with football. I uh, said so this is not going to be spring football game in in the traditional sense this Saturday. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, I think probably if you wanted to see uh, a really really long scrimmage this past weekend was probably your best bet where the quarterbacks were live in that scrimmage. I don't think you're going to see what people have normally thought of as a. Uh, a black and gold game. I think it's going to be more of a practice type of deal that people are going to get to watch. They're going to add a little excitement to it, but I don't think it's going to be the the football game that people are accustomed to. I think that happened uh, this past Saturday. Okay. Well, there's one thing for sure people will be able to see this weekend, and that's some real baseball games, right? Oh, yes. Uh, wow, what a series coming into Pete Taylor Park this weekend, guys. No question, and I understand uh, Tech is ranked now in a lot of the polls, so uh, it just kind of adds to the allure of everything. Yeah, you know, they're your travel partner. They're somebody that you have a great deal of respect for, but also a great rival. They just got a brand-new baseball facility thanks to a tornado, and it's really nice, by the way. Uh, A team that's coming in here with a little bit of momentum, and Southern Miss, a team that hasn't lost the weekend series yet, swept the last two. I think that, you know, everything's gathering up to be one of those, uh, I don't want to say early in the season, it, it's a it's a must-win, but I think it's a marquee matchup for Conference USA this weekend. Right. We're scheduled to have uh, Coach Lane Burroughs from Louisiana Tech on the show here in the next couple of days. Luke Johnson, it sounds like a, a big baseball showdown uh, taking place this weekend in the Berg. Yeah, even before we get to this weekend, we got to take on uh, Alabama today, fifth-ranked RPI uh, team in the country. 
Drew Boyd on the mound. Um, Heath, I'm looking at the weather forecast right now. They actually they moved the game up to 3 o'clock, and now from 6 to 8, there's a lesser chance of rain, uh, the original scheduled time. So that's just kind of the way it works right now. Looks like they're going to still try to play this one. Um, what's your thoughts about the, the game against Bama today? I think they're going to try to get it in. It's going to be interesting to see if they do, see if the uh, the quote-unquote baseball weather gods, uh, you know, work with them a little bit. But I think today you're going to see Drew Boyd get the start. I think you're going to see Boyd probably go about three innings and then they're going to hold staff it the rest of the way. Just my opinion. I think maybe we're going to try to save Boyd for this coming weekend because you're going to need that for a starter unless you want to go back with best or – They've got so many options. They've got so many good arms in that bullpen. They haven't overpitched the bullpen, if you think about it. It's not like Southern Miss is throwing a lot of pitchers out every weekend. They're getting guys going, you know, seven, eight good innings, and they're able just to kind of close it off with a couple of pitchers each game. So the bullpen should be extremely rested, and I think it's a, I think Southern's in good shape tonight if they wanted to go whole staff after the third inning. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. So, obviously, Boyd moves into the weekend, and it may be where we see Etheridge and Boyd uh, go to Saturday because Powell's been giving you so many innings yesterday on the Eagle Hour. Scott Barry didn't really tip his hand to how he was going to do that. But do you think that's how it'll be? It'll be Stanley on on Friday, uh, Boyd and uh, Etheridge on, on Saturday, and Powell on Sunday? I think so. I think you're going to give your two guys who have been giving you the most innings first start. I think you give those guys, you book in the series with those two, and you and you give the other guys uh, the Saturday series, and that gives you kind of a, a lefty-righty so you don't have you don't get the same uh, batter level for pitchers for both teams. So I, I think that's a, probably what you're going to look at. I'd be surprised if they went another way, but they could. But I do agree with you. I think you have Stanley Friday – Probably give Boyd as much time off as you can. You you start Etheridge, then Boyd, and then uh, you know close it out with Walker on the Sunday. Yeah. And really, you think about it, if, if you could just so happen to split or maybe get a two to one lead at that point, having Walker go on Sunday, oh, what yeah. a great! Yeah. You, you got to feel in good shape if that's your fourth starter. Let me interrupt you guys real quickly. I just got a text from Jack Duggan. It is raining and the tarp has been put on the field at the University of Alabama. So uh, right now the game looks a little iffy. They may Perhaps have to wait. It, it, it might be. They, they might do it. I, I think they're going to try to at least get something in. Um, Heath, going back to football, tell our listeners about this uh, transfer. Golden Eagles lost a defensive line transfer. Edwards uh, from Missouri looks like he's going to go the JUCO route, but Maybe Trey Lowe working those West Virginia phone lines, uh, another Mountaineer headed to Hattiesburg. Yeah, you got to be happy about this. Uh, I want to make sure I say this right. Bryson Mays, uh, yep. offensive line transfer from West Virginia, a guy that uh, the coach staff, you know, tackle, center. It brings so many options for you. You could always, you know, as I say, put him at tackle if you don't think in maybe Doss or our colleague is doing the job, but also if you if you have a guard, you can also slide him in the center and move Arvin Fletcher to guard. So this gives you some much needed depth on the offensive line. I think that's one thing they were looking for, and I think it just works out uh, the whole way. I think it's a great move by the coaching staff, and 
uh, paid dividends. He played four games last year, West Virginia. So the guy has experience and uh, can come in and play immediately. All right, uh, more information from Jack Duggan. Uh, they are still planning right now to play the game uh, as scheduled at 3 o'clock, but again, uh, raining and uh, a tarp on the field right now at the University of Alabama. Hadn't had a lot of weeknight games, uh, Heath, and as a fan, I'm I'm sort of glad. We we seem to be a lot better weekend team right now than, than weeknight baseball team. Yeah, oh. Those midweek games haven't been what I would call uh, Southern Miss's forte. But also, if you think about it, two of the, I think we lost three. Two of those three losses are against South Alabama, and I think in both cases they started a weekend guy in a midweek game. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to look at that too. Uh, Southern Miss, yeah, is, same you pitcher know, both games too, same guy. No, no yeah. different. It was oh, different, different second, pitchers. I believe, okay, I, I may be wrong about that, but you're right. Some of their better pitching uh, they threw at yeah. uh, they threw at USM during the week. Yeah. yeah, it was a must win for them. Whereas Southern Miss, those games you hate to say it, but in the middle of the week aren't must win. Mm-hmm. Now a little bit different with Alabama because their RPI is five. Mm-hmm. You beat them, it does a lot for your RPI at this point. And Southern Miss has a good RPI. That's why Alabama wants to get the game in. Um, and so yeah, it's just uh, I think Southern's going to be okay in midweek games. It's road games too. Uh, but they also did take two or three at Jacksonville after losing the first game. So right. we'll see what happens. I think Southern Miss, you know, they'll get everything worked out for midweek games. Well, this is going to be fascinating to see this weekend. First time we've ever seen a four-game series between conference baseball teams. Kind of puts a whole new spin on things and uh, should be really interesting. Uh, your prediction before we let you go. I like Southern Miss's pitch, and I think the identity of this team is I don't know if people remember the Braves of the 90s, early 2000s, a team that if you could get three runs, you won 90% of the time. I think that's this team with Southern Miss. I think their pitch is that good. I think the identity is a good defense, uh, scratching some runs across, getting three or four runs, and holding teams to under three runs. And I think Southern Miss pitching staff has done that really well. I think the whole team's got a combined ERA under three, and that's with a couple of guys with some elevated ERA. Right. So uh, I think you're, I think you're finding what this team is now. If they could just get some timely hitting, get a uh, the leadoff guy hitting, maybe get some production from the six, seven, and eight batters, then man, the pitching this team has could be good. Just think if this, te- this just think if this team's pitchers and the 2017 hitters were on the same <laughs> team. Wow. All right, now we're fantasizing, so uh, we're gonna. Yeah. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation, thanks, Heath. Have him back on the show again next week. Look forward to that. Kelly Center joins uh, Luke and I next. Eagle Hour rolling along on a rainy Tuesday afternoon. Southern Miss to the top. Good having Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. SouthernMiss.Rivals.com. Sign up today. Be an insider. We appreciate Heath's time. And then, of course, in the first segment, Coach Muhammad Elzair, the Lady Eagles soccer team. Lady Eagles 5-2, first place in the West. Big game this weekend against Rice. Lady Eagles uh, looking to keep sole possession of first place in 
the West Division. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. First Bank being with us from the beginning. Go see them. Home of the Perfect Ten out on Highway 98. Great people to be there for you. Hey, if you didn't go to 4th Street Bar and Grill today, they had hamburger steak. They had hash brown casserole. They had green beans. They even had cornbread. And it came with a drink, and it was only eight ninety five. So you missed out. But the great news is it's only Tuesday. you got three more opportunities this week to go see our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. With March Madness on this weekend, Sweet 16 solidified. Great place to watch it, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly John Center joins us on the phone right now. Kelly, uh, tarp on the field in Tuscaloosa right now. As uh, the first pitch was supposed to be in about an hour and 22 minutes. I just thought it was kind of ironic that they moved the game up and then the rain decided to uh, to not come down around 6 or 7 tonight. Um, you're a baseball dude. Uh, when you get this close to first pitch and those tarps come out, it's just not cool uh, as a player or coach, is it? You Because you're so mentally prepared to go at, particularly if you're a starting pitcher. And it's going to be the same for, for both teams' pitchers, but you know, you're keyed up, you're ready to go, you know that you know that you're the guy, but but when is that going to happen? Is it going to happen at two? And if it's not going to happen at two, is it going to happen at six? If it doesn't happen at six, is it going to happen at all? And then if it doesn't happen at all, what does that do to my spot in the rotation? You know, so it's a it's a, a domino thing that, that once one falls, you know, three or four other ones are going to fall. And particularly with starting pitching, you just pitchers have a really weird routine. Most of them have a really weird routine that they go through, whether it's their choice of music, whether it's the, the same pregame meal. I remember Justin Verlander, when he had those great years with the Detroit Tigers, uh, every time that he started, he would have a huge Taco Bell lunch. And why Taco Bell? I have no idea, but it got, you know, he was so successful that then they didn't want to, you know, switch anything up. So, yeah, it is pretty frustrating, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking at, Maybe getting that game, and if it doesn't go off today, it doesn't look like any other time this week it's going to go off either because the weather yeah. just looks atrocious the whole rest of the week until Friday, of course, when conference play starts. Sure, and, and you want to you don't want that weekend to be affected at all. Heath talked uh, today. He thought the plan would be Boyd for about three innings, get Boyd some work, the equivalent of like a bullpen, because there's a good chance he's going to pitch this weekend against Tech. Um, Kelly, you know the approach to, to midweek games oftentimes is a Johnny Holstaff, and and I guess in some ways you're, you're not trying to lose the game, but but this weekend is far more important, and if you can get more guys in your bullpen time, that's the reason for a midweek approach like this. Real funny story, Luke. There was an inexperienced radio guy uh, in the Hattiesburg area years ago, and I won't mention his name because it doesn't matter, but the story is great. He was interviewing Jimmy Pierce, the longtime high school baseball coach at Hattiesburg High, and he was asking uh, Jimmy Pierce, you know, a bunch of games because of where he now it's got stacked up, and he said, what are you going to do for, you know, pitching later on in the week? And he said, well, you know, A, B, C, and then Johnny Holstaff. And, um, and this reporter came up to me, and he's scouring the roster. And I said, everything okay? He goes, who is this Hall staff guy? John, who's Johnny? He's not listed anywhere on the roster. <laughs> and he had, not, he had not ever heard that term before. And uh, you talk about a look of embarrassment when I said, um, that's not exactly what he meant. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you guys were talking about uh, Rice earlier, and Rice is making 
some uh, news across the, the conference. The women, the Rice Lady Owls, are in the women's NIT semifinals. They defeated California Baptist 79 to 55. I didn't believe it was a school, California Baptist. No, no. Um, the Fighting Tithers, <laughs> they beat them <laughs> 79 to 55. So they will play Delaware Is... this coming Thursday in one of the semifinal games. And coincidentally, in the other women's NIT semifinal, it's Ole Miss going up against Northern Iowa. So there's a chance that uh, Rice could take on Ole Miss, a Conference USA SEC championship, on the women's side in the, in the NIT. And, of course, in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament, the only Conference USA representative was Middle Tennessee, and the Lady Raiders got to take on the Lady Vols of Tennessee. So that was an in-state battle but under the NCAA banner. And Tennessee won that game 87-62. to so Middle Tennessee is done. The reason I wanted to bring this up, you guys, is because you know North Texas is out now, but they were another Conference USA team to win a first-round game. And I think now we really need to have a legitimate discussion of with the success that, that Conference USA teams have had, particularly in the first round, and, and not like we're going to sway the, the decision-makers, but doesn't that now warrant a conversation that maybe Conference USA should start getting a little more attention as to maybe having more than one team in? Well, one would think it's ridiculous that Western Kentucky wasn't in the NCAA tournament. and, and Correct. You know, and it brings us back to the 30-plus uh, win Southern Miss team uh, that did get invited to the NCAA tournament. Guys, am I wrong? But doesn't this all start with the leadership at the top of the conference? The commissioner doesn't the commissioner have a responsibility to work towards selling their conference uh, to the NCAA? You have any salesperson, anybody in a position of leadership, has to sell their product to the general public. That's why Will Hall is, is much more than a head football coach now. So the Miss, he's the head mm-hmm. sales guy, right? Right. The enthusiasm that he is showing in practice and and his, his upbeat, you know, attitude. Is, is rubbing off on other people. He's not only selling that program, he's selling himself, and that in turn sells tickets. Your point is well taken, Bob. If you don't believe in your product, how do you expect anybody else to buy it? Right, right. And, and obviously, I just, the NCAA is not buying Conference right, USA. Bob. Yeah, that that would I be just, a step yeah. in the right direction, Luke. That that would be good. Yes, yes. I'm not even worried about invites into the national tournament. I just want the website. Get the baseball scores up on the weekend before the next games are already being played. Before you have yesterday's score, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I want you to have a talk with Judy McLeod, Kelly, the next time uh, you and Judy bump into each other. Yeah, well, like I said, usually you know we'll have those conversations, and it always starts out the same. She. She points at me and says, don't come another step closer. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that's how every conversation with women starts with me. Yeah, Yeah. and ends pretty much, too. You you forgot to throw the ending part uh, in there, Yeah, Dale is not not real advantageous. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, where where is the baseball team right now? Is Is this baseball team where it needs to be to take on Louisiana Tech and open conference play, Luke? I mean, pitching-wise, what what more can you want? We I told you off air, Kelly and I yesterday ran through it. Eagles are number one in the country in strikeout to uh, walk ratio. Eagles are only allowing uh, it's like three and a half runs per game, and you know you throw in there a couple of ten runs uh, games that they had, and that eight 
eight-run midweek game against South Al. Pitching-wise, I don't know why. You know, there's nothing else. You're way ahead of where you should be. You have a solidified closer who is not who's only given up two hits. You have three guys, and with Drew Boyd in there, you have four legitimate starters for a weekend. You're already a step ahead. Batting, here's the deal with batting. You're going to have to cut down on the strikeout some, and you're going to have to get timely hits. Eagles are leaving way too many people on base. That seems as if uh, you know that, that's a trademark of us. We can get people on, but need some of those, need more, need two or three key hits per game. I would take two. Uh, but when you get multiple guys on base, you've got to be able to at least get a sack fly or put the ball into play, and that's what they've been lacking even though they are 12-6. and six. And and I'll take I'll take a twelve and six record with this year's schedule as opposed to twelve and four last year that didn't have right. kind of schedule. Correct. Right. I mean it, it has to pay off. I mean, you see you see the RPI of Southern Miss continuing to get lower and lower, which is exactly what happens when you play these tough teams. And that's why I really hate that this Alabama game may not get to be played because the Eagles could win that one. That's the only thing they haven't done so far. You know, is, is win that midweek game against a really quality opponent as they try to bolster their resume in case they shouldn't win the Conference USA Tournament, which this year is being hosted by Louisiana Tech. Right. All right, Kelly, 30 seconds left real quickly. We'll talk more with Patrick McGee about this tomorrow, but, but a problem for one of the uh, assistant coaches, Southern Miss football. Yeah, special teams assistant coach Greg Meyer has been suspended for two weeks by head coach Will Hall for a uh, for – uh, discretion involving a, a motor vehicle, and um, it, when deciding how to handle this situation, Coach also one of the things they certainly looked at is is uh, his his past behavior at other places, and he's, he's has a sterling record everywhere he's been. It was just a mistake that was made, and Coach Hall thinks two weeks ought to take care of it, and the point's been made. And um, Patrick can fill in some blanks tomorrow, but if if something bad like that has to happen, let it happen now rather than than later. Everybody makes mistakes, Kelly Santer. Amen. Amen. We'll be back. segment on this rainy Friday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training located in Hattiesburg. Their website, dbathattiesburg.com. Everything they have to offer, softball instruction, baseball instruction, great fitness areas, great facilities. It's all there for you on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. DBAT and D1 proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Women's volleyball earlier today falling to North Texas. Uh, they, they dropped uh, both matches to North Texas yesterday and today. Fall to four and six in conference, nine and eight overall. 
Uh, they will be headed out to El Paso, Texas, this coming weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, that will be on CUSA.TV. Last regular match of the season is then they'll get ready to host the conference uh, volleyball uh, championships, April first through yeah. the third. Look, Couple of yeah, you you mentioned that that volleyball tournament. Don't you think that that uh, we should have a special correspondent? Uh, at Reed Green Coliseum with all those volleyball players being there for that week. If, if yes, so, I'll go. You're, you're not allowed in public. I'll go. <laughs> Let's send Luke, Kelly. What do you say? I think that might be the well, I was going to no. no, I don't think that's a good idea. No. I, I, if, if we do that, I want to I want to go inside the new facility. So, absolutely. I'm I'm game. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll let Bob line it up since uh, he, he does all that. But two um two golden eagles named uh, this week in their respective sports uh to be the best in conference usa we talked to coach mo earlier and talked about the great game that kendall midnich had against north texas she's been named the conference usa goalkeeper of the week this is the first time this year she's been named uh, the cusa goalkeeper of the week 90 minutes against mean green uh, put away 16 shots, seven on gold, and the Golden Eagles uh, defeated the defending Conference USA champions. And then Walker Powell, the Conference USA co-pitcher of the week, eight shutout innings last Saturday. He has a current scoreless inning streak of 23, a minuscule 1.26 ERA, 23-9 and nine in his career, Bob Getty, and you've said it time and time again, Walker Powell is going to go down as one of the best pitchers in Southern Miss baseball history. He's got to be. He, You know, watching him this past weekend, he's just so fluid, and, and I say this in a complimentary sense, he almost puts you to sleep watching him pitch because it's just ground ball, ground ball, strikeout, ground ball, pop-up, strikeout. But, man, I, how, how important is it, Kelly Sander, to have a kid like a Walker Powell that – on a consistent basis, gets you eight innings on the mound. Well, if, if putting you to sleep is a factor, then Al Holder thinks all the players on the team are, are the best ever. Uh, <laughs> you got to nudge him at about the third inning, you know. Applesauce. <laughs> You guys are so you guys are so mean, Al. Hey, but but this is this is something, Kelly. Though Walker Powell just tied Nick Sandlin for the most uh, for third place in in career victories. Only Cliff Russell and Damon Pollard are uh, ahead of him. That that's pretty impressive. Third best all time in wins. Have have we have we had Cliff Russell on the show? Yep. Mm, I'm not I was sure. Say, we, we need to get him back on. Graduated but, with him. Great guy from, from Hattiesburg yeah. High. Right. But to Bob, but to Bob's question, man, anytime that you can give the ball to a guy, you know, you have to feel like the game is shortened. Like if, if you got a lead going into the eighth, you know, after seven or whatever the case may be, you got to feel pretty good when you know you're putting it in the hand of, of a guy that, that's a proven, right. you know, or just whenever you give the ball to him. He's been, a, he's been a consistent performer talking about relievers, but starters, the same deal. Um, Boy, it just means it just means so means much. a lot, doesn't it, Kelly? Yeah. It just and it, and it rests your bullpen, and it, right. and it keeps your bullpen fresh for the next game. And uh, he's just been so valuable. But it's hard to single out a, a weekend kid, guys. That is not <laughs> that is no, not you know, one, pitching one the, really well. One of the, right now, and that's that's very great. I mean, they, right. they couldn't be playing any better right now, heading into this, this stretch of the schedule. Lots of times, people will ask the question: Who do you think is the best pitcher? Ever at Southern, and I, and to me, it's it's so hard because, to me, there is a clear difference in the art of starting pitching and relief pitching. Right. So, so how do you, you know, now if you say you know starting pitcher, then you know Pat Rapp, you know might, you know going back that far, Pat Rapp might have been the best starter, 
ever. But, you know, you got you know, there are certainly other guys in the modern era, so to speak, that you could put up there, too. But there's there's clearly a difference in a starting pitcher right. approach and a reliever. And I'll tell you one that ne- his name never comes up, but he was a pretty good punter, too. Ray Guy? Yeah, he was, he was pretty good, yes. That guy. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. A, a great lineage you know, of pitching, there's no doubt. That, that I always have to remind people just and and it's people that mean well but they say look you you know you uh, you're just you're just the best punter in in southern miss history bruh <laughs> there's a guy that is far ahead all the rest of us yeah i might be i might be second place i might be one spot behind him but in career yardage he's like 2 yards ahead of me so yeah i'm honored to be behind ray guy and hold down the number 2 slot but there is a significant distance between me and ray and again with all with all due respect to my colleague Lou Johnson there was another one going a little bit you know further back there too Gerald Wilson really good yeah who who punted for the Kansas City Chiefs for years right um, Thunderfoot. So, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, backs, you know, receivers and punters. Southern Miss has cranked out some great ones over the years. But, Luke, neither one of those men was on the Eagle Hour. So you just remember that, brother. Neither one of them have to put up with you guys every day. So maybe the Eagles will get this game in. Got to uh, wait and see. But, yeah, 3 o'clock supposed to be first pitch. All right, back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.